we bought another primary um, and basically did the same strategy. That that primary had a carport. It wasn't a garage, but it was a carport, and it had a shed in the back, a shed, like a storage shed. And what we did with that shed is we converted it into a tiny house. The shed. Uh, so we added a bathroom, <laughs> a little wet bar, uh, and it already had an entrance. We fully furnished it. Uh, and that shed to this day usually does about fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars a month. So just the shed. where where some people would just store, you know, a bunch of stuff. Again, we we turned it into uh, a, a cash flow, and we did the same thing with that property. Welcome back to the Authentic Entrepreneur with your hosts, Oscar War. And we are live with the authentic entrepreneur and Airbnb king and queen. Let's do it. Amazing. So today I'm speaking with Andres and Kelly Ospina. They are the Airbnb king and queen, originally from Colombia. They started in real estate looking for that American dream and came here starting from nothing in 2015, then until 2018, grew their net worth from zero to a million, now with 52 Airbnb rentals. Holy shit. Looking forward to speaking with you. How are you both? Doing amazing. Thank you for the opportunity of bringing us. And um, yeah, thank you for being here. It's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Super excited. Thank you so much for having us here. How are you doing? I'm great. I always think it's really awesome when I have uh, like a couple of entrepreneur that are like doing it together and working together as well. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about your backstory as well. And so right now, just to make sure everybody's up to speed, all you have 52 rentals. These are all on Airbnb, right? Not all of them are on Airbnb. We diversify a little bit. Some of them are um, long-term. Some of them are construction. Um, it, it's a mix, basically, but everything within the same purpose of basically house hacking in real estate. Amazing, amazing. So tell me, what made you get into this in the beginning? Like you were, you flew from Colombia, you said, and was this the idea from the beginning or is, did you just get into it? What's the backstory? Sure. So we, we both come from very humble families and, and I guess we've always like our families have always struggled financially. And, you know, I, I realized that I didn't want to go through that. I saw my mom struggle. I saw my dad struggle. And, and I realized that, you know, there was, there was ways to become, you know, financially free. There's people that are happy that are, you know, that don't have a, a worry in their life. And I always had a goal of, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to be a millionaire. Like I had this from, I don't even know. I think I was like 12 or 13 and I just started saying it out to the universe. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. And, uh, you know, that's always been the goal. Why? For financial freedom. So I could, uh, you know, do what I want. Um, I think, um, when I was like 17 or 18, I started researching it and I, I started saving money. I, I realized that I needed to make my money work for me. So uh, I started budgeting, started saving my money, even even when I was working, you know, for like $10 an hour. And um, yeah, when I was like 21, I, I saved up some money and I started investing. I put some money in, in the stock market. Uh, that didn't really work out too well. Uh, and when I was 22, I bought my first uh, business. Um was a uh, cigar shop and it was the first flip that I ever did. I, we, I bought it for 15,000. I put 5,000 into it and sold it for 40,000 a year later. So that was pretty cool. And that was, uh, that kind of showed me, you know, how to make your money work for you. 
Um, and, you know, I think when I was 23, I started uh, listening to podcasts and I came across Bigger Pockets, which, which is probably one of its real estate forums for real estate investors. And I started seeing how people from nothing became millionaires uh, doing real estate investing. So yeah, back in 2014, I started, you know, researching that. And in 2015, I got my real estate license because I wanted to start buying real estate. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much where the story, the story started. And then in 2016, I came from Colombia and um, I come from an entrepreneurial background. I am a journalist and I used to be on the show and, uh, you know, all the marketing and everything. And um, that's one of my passions, uh, but also just being an entrepreneur in general. And same thing like Andres, I'm, I'm from Medellin, very humble beginnings, and I was seeking the American dream. So I came here with nothing didn't know English, didn't really have a plan. It was, uh, it was a challenge, but uh, very soon after I got here, I met this amazing guy who showed me an opportunity and told me since the very first day we met, literally our very first date, he asked me if I wanted to work with him in real estate. We weren't even dating yet. It was our very first, like, first time we see each other, right? And I say, well, I do like sales a lot. I do like starting my own business and I'm good in marketing, so I can help you out. Let's start this. Uh, at that time, that was when he just bought his and So we started working together. What ended up happening was our second date was at the office and we started working right away. Um, basically everything in real estate and that one house had a one car garage so i moved in we started living together starting basically this relationship and we found we, we saw the opportunity with the garage we decided that instead of just having the garage as a car for a house for the car that brings no monetary value we can make something with this. We turned this one car garage, which is roughly about 300 square feet. I think you guys count in meters. That may be probably like around 30 or 40 meters, something like that. Not too big, this is a small space. And we turned this into a studio, one bedroom, one bathroom, kitchen, private entrance. The house had three bedrooms, two bathrooms, plus the garage. We turned the garage into the suite. The garage was making roughly around $2,000 a month on profit. The mortgage that we have for the entire house was only about $1,200. And that's wow. how it started. Okay, that's really cool. So the first Airbnb, was this on Airbnb, the garage? Or was it? Yes. Awesome, and that's when you were like, wow, this really works and did somebody show you that Airbnb was like a good way to start? Or did you, did you, was this like a guess in the beginning? So, so in 2015, I had my first experience with Airbnb where, you know, I went uh, to Tampa to a uh, festival and I stayed mm. at this house and she had a four bedroom house and she was a retired historian and she was a super cool lady. Um, and she had a four bedroom. She lived in the master and she rented out the other three rooms on Airbnb. And at the time, I think I paid I'd probably like 40 or $50 a night. And I obviously was, you know, in her house, using her kitchen, using her living room. So I got to talking to her and I was like, hey, so how does this Airbnb thing work? And she's like, I love it. And I get to meet new people. Uh, I get to talk about my history and I more than live for free. Like my mortgage is covered and I have like, you know, a couple hundred bucks extra worth of income. 
And that's when I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty interesting. And this is pretty awesome. Like a cool way to meet people. Uh, she's making connections worldwide and she's making, you know, she's making a good living from it. So, so that's pretty much where I got the idea. Um, and then when and, he told me about it, yeah. I was actually skeptical at first. Mm. Before we listed the, the property on Airbnb, I was second guessing it. And I was like, all these thoughts in my mind, you know, I just had came from Colombia and I'm like, this is not going to be safe. Somebody's going to rob mm. us. Happen. <laughs> I'm going to be basically yeah. kind of living with these people. Even though they had an independent entrance, we were connected through the laundry room. So we were sharing the laundry room with these guests. I was a little bit concerned about it. Don't get me wrong. Once I tried it, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is unbelievable. There's no problems about it. There's no safety issues. All we get to know is meet amazing people from all around the world, learn about different cultures, food, languages, just lifestyles in yeah. general. And it was the coolest thing ever. So after maybe like a month or two into this, the main house, we used to live in the master bedroom, rented out the garage, and the two other bedrooms in the house, we had roommates that we lived with. Two months after the garage started making, uh, we found out that this was a good business. We're like, hey, what are we doing with these roommates? Let's turn these other two bedrooms into Airbnbs. This is the way to go. Or <laughs> oh, you <laughs> kicked the roommates out. No, the leases were about to end. So the, we, we decided to just fully furnish the rooms and let's try mm. this out. We did. I was also a little bit like, hmm, this is yeah. getting out of my comfort zone because now I'm going to literally like live, live with them, you know. Uh, but it was even better. The connection was even deeper with the people that we met because we are all cooking together. We're eating yeah. together. Kind of like a family gets to it gets to that point. So it was amazing. Um, so now we were doing basically living in the master, renting the two Airbnbs. Oh, each bedroom was making about a thousand dollars a month, plus the garage was making two thousand a month. So we have about four thousand there. And how I say, our mortgage was about twelve hundred, plus we have to pay utilities and landscaping and you know other couple um, maintenance things like that. So maybe it was about like twenty two hundred yeah. roughly about the expenses. So our profit was almost two thousand a more net, a net. Plus we're living there. So yeah. we're living for free, plus making almost 2K a month from just this one house. And that's when I was like, man, this is something that needs to be scaled. We can't just stop mm. here. This work. We need, to, we need to, yeah, we need to scale and 10 exit, 100 exit. And, uh, and exactly. yes, so here in the United States, um, you can buy a primary residence, a house for you to live in every year. With the down mortgage. payments, yeah, with a mortgage. Uh, and the down payments here oh. for residents super low it's anywhere from three percent to five percent down which is really really low i mean I, yeah. is that depending right. on the state or on the whole country you can do that okay. all over the united states Nation as long wide. as you yeah as long as you are either a, a permanent resident i think yeah permanent uh, resident. you don't have to be a permanent resident there are a couple or, different legalities you can yeah. have at least as you have a a, a permit to be here yeah. social security and a couple other things but if you are even if you are an investor coming from another country, a foreign a foreign investor, you can also do it uh, with twenty percent. Yeah. Okay. So we, so we did that. So so we we knew that you know if we waited a year, we could buy another primary, and that's basically how we started scaling. We waited a year. We were there for a year, and basically a year and two months after we were in the house, we bought another primary, um, and basically did the same strategy. That that primary had. A carport, it wasn't a garage, but it was a carport. 
and it had a shed in the back, a shed, like a storage. Shed. Okay. And what we did with that shed is we converted it into a tiny house. The shed. Uh, so we added a bathroom, <laughs> a little wet bar, uh, and it already wow. had an entrance. We fully furnished it. Uh, and that shed to this day usually does about fifteen dollars to $1,800 a month. So just shed. Where, where some people would just store, you know, a bunch of stuff. Again, we, we turned it into uh, a, a cash flow, and we did the same thing with that property. It was a three bedroom, two bath. We, we lived in the master, rented out the other two mm. bedrooms, and then eventually we converted the carport into another in law suite. And back on the first house, the master bedroom, uh, we added a web bar, we added an independent and turned that one into an in law suite. So that cash flow went from like 2000 to a little bit over 3000 a month. So the first house. The first house. And then, you know, that the second house, now we were doing about the same thing. We were living for free and making, let's say, $2,000 a month. Net. And essentially, we just kept doing that. You know, we kept buying primary residences from one house to another, basically just skip hopping around houses, doing that same strategy. And uh, and basically just living below our means, right? Not buying yeah. anything lavish, not going, you know, and spending a mm. bunch of uh, but just reinvesting the rental income that we got in the houses, put it back into buying more and more properties. And that's yeah. probably one of the most crucial things uh, uh, to consider when you do a business like this. The goal is not to make a bunch of money so you can spend it all. The goal is yeah. to make a bunch of money so you can save as much as you can to reinvest it and make it grow. How often are you buying a, a new property now? So uh, now it varies. Um, the primary residence, it, it, you get to a point where to be able to buy primary residence, these are loans that are uh, backed by the government nationwide in the US. You have a limit on the amount of loans that you can do based on these loans uh, that are at a better rate and at a lower down payment. So you can only get you, depending on your credit score and a couple other um, items, you can do between seven to 10 loans max. Um, after that, then you have to go to, let's say, a more flexible type of lenders where there's a little bit more uh, expenses with it. You do have to put the higher down payment, like 20% roughly, uh, depending on the experience of the person. So what we did was we just kept buying investment properties. So we haven't moved, we haven't moved that much. Uh, but we kept buying and just renting them out. And um, we currently still live uh, below our means. We actually live in, one, in another house that we bought after the ones we told you that had a garage as well, had a carport, a two-cars carport. So this was bigger, about 500 square feet, maybe like 50 meters or so. Um, and we did the same thing, an independent entrance, a full kitchen, a full bathroom, a laundry room, and we turn this into a suite and this is where we live. We live in the garage, converted the apartment and we rent out the main house, which has three other units. So there is four units total in this house. Total of, uh, when we bought the house originally it used to be a four bedrooms, three bathrooms house. We turned it to a seven bedrooms, five bathroom house with four independent units. We live in one, and the other three and this one makes about like over 7k gross amount wow 
Oh, so you completely transform the place as well. You refurbish it. Is that oh, the yes, case? 100%. Yeah. With, with each of them, the, with all of them, basically the that's part of the process. Basically, the the first part is actually finding the house, which yeah. this is the expert right here. That's Andres expertise. Finder, <laughs> he's the best one finding the right option and negotiating the best price. So that's like his mark. Must he mastered that piece, and then Amazing. also the house and once we buy it then i come in and design it so usually we buy houses that are ugly and old because mm. this is, money is made okay so okay the houses are they're either in bad condition and the sellers is giving rid of them because of whatever reason sometimes there is uh, leaking problems roof problems plumbing ac Sometimes everything is wrong. You have to. We have to start pretty much from zero, uh, and that's where basically the uh, the money is grown as well. Because not only we are generating the cash flow monthly with these Airbnb rentals, but since we bought the house ugly and we fixed it up and we put so much uh, uh, updates into it, now the price of the house has gone up so much that we have all this equity from the price that we bought compared to the mm. price that is currently now, that guess what? Now the house basically becomes like our bank because now we can refinance the house and take that equity from what we generated to buy another house. Easy. And it's called the Burr strategy. You want to explain about it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's when you buy, rehab, rent, refinance and repeat. So essentially if you, if you buy it at a good enough discount mm -hmm. and you fix up the property and you have it rented, um, you're able to pull out the equity and basically all the money that you have put into the deal, the down payment, the furniture and the rehab, all that, let's say it's 50,000 or 60,000. When you do the refinance, you should be able to get all that money out. So you can actually basically just rinse and recycle and repeat. Take that $50,000 and buy another property. Redo it and buy another property. So with one $50,000, we can buy multiple properties with this strategy if you do it proper. And that's how we've been able to scale so fast. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. That's incredible. And I guess you're hiring people. Because I, I, I see, uh, Kelly, on your stories, you're, you're like going through and doing the fixing yourself. Do you ever hire people or are you doing the fixing yourself? <laughs> well, so what I do is I like to record everything, what's going on. I'm not really actually doing the work, but we're kind of like supervising. Uh, we're yeah. not as happy as we wanted to. <laughs> I'm terrible. So, uh, I wish we could do more actually, but, but we actually don't perform the work ourselves. We do have a team that we hire cool. out. Depending on the house, we have electrician, plumber, um, the AC person, the one that installs the granite, the kitchens. Yeah, so basically a person dedicated for every every part of the job. Awesome, awesome. And how do you so really the design of it? Yeah, definitely. I really love your story because I'm about to rent a new place with my girlfriend, and we're we've made sure to find a big place that has four bedrooms, three bathrooms, and we're going to rent out three of the the bedrooms yeah and yeah. from the cal calculation we should be able to make like 700 euros profits per month so it's gonna awesome. be pretty cool yeah it's like this is the first step for free plus getting that money yeah. amazing exactly exactly arbitrage. 
Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 very exciting. That's yeah, even why I wanted to. Congratulations. See. Thank you, thank you. And how are you choosing the location of the properties? Because did you buy everything in Florida, or are you diversifying in states? Yeah, what's the location? Wise. Sure. So right now we basically have just uh, most of our properties are within like a three mile radius in Orlando. We're, we're basically Florida. south of downtown and uh, we basically picked areas that have really good school systems um, that have good future appreciation. Because at the end of the day, uh, Airbnb rental income and the cash flow is great, but it's only one of the benefits uh, of real estate. I think one of the biggest uh, benefits of the real estate deal is the appreciation properties mm -hmm. uh, have you know a couple of years? Like for example, the first house that we bought, we purchased it for one ninety, um, and you know today is probably worth about four seventy five, almost five hundred thousand dollars, which is pretty awesome because we only put maybe twenty thirty into it, and um, and the reason why is because we picked a great location. We picked a really good school wow. system. We picked a, a house that was only five minutes away from downtown. So there's a lot of growth and demand. So most of our properties are in good areas, good school systems. We don't we don't have any kids, but we buy in good school zones because most of the time the, the homes in these areas are are highly sought after because most people that buy usually have kids that really care for the yeah. school system. That's one of the reasons why we bought. Um, and we have diversified a little bit. We have one house uh, in Melbourne, which is about an hour away uh, on the East Coast from here, which is close the to the beach. So we wanted to get like a beach house because people mm. like the and we're in Florida. Yeah. You know, we wanna, <laughs> we enjoy it. Sometimes we get to we get to enjoy it too. And then we wanted to diversify to the West Coast. So we bought another one uh, in St. Petersburg because Ooh. there's a beauty. Uh, I mean, basically, the most beautiful beaches in the whole country, at least in the United States, are on the West Coast of Florida. Uh, near the house that we bought on the West Coast. So mm -hmm. Clearwater, St. Petersburg. Yeah. This is basically the closest land from the U.S the closest land to the Gulf of Mexico. Mm -hmm. So it's like Florida's here and Gulf of Mexico is here. This is water. And then so it's pretty much the same type of water as Mexico. Uh, okay, and okay. Sand. It's beautiful, beautiful white sand and super clear crystal water. Amazing. And then just one house uh, in Hawaii and that's it. But uh, yeah. Actually, when we met you, uh, right before we met you uh, in LA, we were coming from uh, from Hawaii, and uh, that was not expected. But we just found fell <laughs> in love with Hawaii, and he found a great deal that we couldn't resist. <laughs> no way, that's crazy! Wow, is there a, is there what's the biggest challenge with finding a new place? Actually, then I would I'm curious. I will say maybe sometimes uh, you get a you, mm. maybe not finding the best place, but knowing when to say no. Mm. That's that's knowing when to say no. Yeah. You find so many good deals, man. <laughs> and you can't you can't buy them all either because you you gotta make sure that the property is gonna make sense, and uh, sometimes you also can't uh, over leverage yourself. You gotta make sure that you keep your your boundaries right, so you can provide a good service and you keep the quality, and it doesn't get drowned with the quantity that you are doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and that's uh, difficulty. Buy them all. <laughs> I'm usually the one that tells him to slow down. 
Yeah, I'm very yeah. impulsive when it comes to uh, buying houses. <laughs> to buying real estate. <laughs> That's my one addiction. I love that. with a deal. I'm just I, I wanna I wanna buy them all. I wanna catch them all. Like what's <laughs> that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's why we need a partner to keep us stable sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is. It is it a balance. It brings me down to earth. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But I will say for somebody that's new, that's just about to start, the biggest challenge will probably be finding the actual deal that makes sense. For us, totally. because we've done it already and because we've gone through trial and error, we already kind of figure out what the goods and what the do's and the don'ts are. But if you're just getting into, I think probably one of the hardest things is actually making sure that the property that you're choosing, it is going to make sense. You have to check the legalities within the city or the area that you're located. Is there BNB allowed? Is it no? If you're renting from a landlord, does your landlord accept it or not? Uh, what is your competition? what is your uh, market, uh, your average rental occupancy fee in the area. So that's why usually it's very recommended to work with a realtor um, before you get to the property. Mm. And look for this realtor, make sure that that realtor is specifically um, invested into, basically understands the investment side of real estate, not just a house, it's yeah. a business type of thing. So with Definitely. the help of a realtor is that's I think mm. that's the key part. And then also yeah. doing some uh, some uh, research on the location that you're gonna be uh, acting in. I would probably say to start out, I would I would invest uh, in a in a location that you can manage yourself. Uh, something that's near yeah, your good. house, probably within thirty to twenty to thirty minutes, uh, if it is a decent market, right? Uh, and then doing your research. There's a website that's called AirDNA. It's AirDNA.co. And that website has all the information that you need. And it's worldwide, by the way. It gives you information from all over the world uh, on basically how much money each Airbnb is making. Literally, like you can go on there and see how much money our rental properties are making. You can wow. see your next door neighbor to see how much money they're making, what the average uh, daily rate is, what the occupancy rate is. Uh, you know, that city, is it rated A? Is it B? Is it C? Mm. Uh, so, so doing your research is, is probably one of the biggest uh, key factors mm -hmm. into into getting started and setting up and finding a good deal. Um, yeah. You'll be able to scale, and that it is legal to do because the cities and counties all vary. So, those of are course. probably the things. Yeah, yeah. Is I have one question based on what Kelly was saying as well. That the going with a realtor. Sorry. Yeah, is that why you got your license, Andres? Like to be able to do that yourself, or did you did you both have to go through a realtor um, in the beginning? Sure. So I got my real estate license because I knew that I was going to be buying real estate, mm. uh, and I knew that's a requirement. that. What's that? That's a requirement to buy real estate. You need a no, license. No, no, no. It's oh. not. It's not a requirement. But uh, but I realized that if I'm going to buy real estate, I might as well you know kind of double dip, make a commission, make a profit. Uh, you know, every time we buy and. Yeah you know, a commission when we sell. So yeah, because usually here in the United States, I know it's different uh, all over the world. Uh, the average commission uh, is a total of 6%, 3% for the buyer agent and 3% for the person who's representing the seller. So every time that we buy a house, we're already making money. We're already making that 3% commission. Um, it's not required, 
but it does allow you to make a an additional stream of income and then b it also kind of gives you an insight on the market because we now mm. have direct access to access. uh yeah we have direct access to sellers we have direct access to other realtors right so the networking is very important we have access to other realtors that may have uh off-market deals um we can buy some deals before they even hit the market. Those are the best ones. Uh, and it also gives you more insight on the legalities of everything. So it's basically like, you know, just learning more and becoming a master of the trade. It does help with that. And, and if that's some a realm that you want to go to, I would highly recommend uh, to get your, your license so you can just learn more and, 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 and earn more. That's awesome. Yeah, and maybe that. at some point also being able to help others, which is also sure. what we do. Yeah. Um, we not only do it for ourselves, but we help other people do basically the same thing. So we coach them through the whole process of first making them understand how this works and then making it happen. We wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have the commission. Yeah. So representing them through the whole process. Yeah, we've helped a lot of scale and we're very open about what we've done. Um, yeah. We've many many of our friends um buy and and build their own real estate empires because we're like hey guys look this is what we did step by step you can do the same thing and now they've gone and done it i have a really good buddy of mine who now i think has like i don't know 10 15 rentals uh, started, started from nothing he was he was working um doing car wraps when when i met okay. him I'm like, dude, quit this job, go in real estate with me, get your license. And he basically duplicated what I've done and he's done great for himself. He even opened up a, a course teaching other people how to do the same thing. A coaching business. We've helped other people that have uh, built uh, property management companies uh, that focus on short-term rentals. And now mm. they have like, properties under management that are super successful. So, you know, we have we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't have our license. And uh, yeah, totally. that's, that's goals to not only make ourselves financially free but to help others, others as make well. it. yep um, basically show so yeah. people that there is a way to achieve the american dream which is at the end of the day being able to just be free find that freedom um with the flexibility of enjoying yourself not having to worry about what what the next uh paycheck is going to come from being able to scale and help others at the same time so our, our goal is to inspire as many people to become financially free through yeah. real estate. Definitely, definitely. And having someone who's done it helps a lot to coach you through the different obstacles. Yeah. For sure. I have one question regarding when you hit that million dollar mark, I guess that was in terms of total properties. Did anything change? Like, did you say, okay, maybe you want to try something new or try other different properties? Like, because you said that was your goal in the beginning and then you hit it and then how did you feel? I mean, it was great. It was, uh, it was 2018. I think I was like 27 at the time or something like that. And uh, to be honest with you, I, it wasn't like, Oh my God, let's celebrate. Let's, yeah, yeah. Let's party. I don't even think we made, we did like a party or a celebration or anything. Um, I already had it in my head. I had already made the decision that it was going to happen. Um, so when it happened, it was just like, okay, just another check, you know, off, off the to-do list. That's great. Let's keep going and let's keep growing. Um, and we didn't really change our strategy because, mm. you know, we, you know, if, it, if it's not broken, right. Why fix it? Right. Or lifestyle, why, why try to re, you know, uh, reinvent the wheel when we've already kind of built something that's working. So let's just keep duplicating what, what we have mm. and just keep growing it. And then, yeah, the, the lifestyle didn't really change. We, we didn't buy anything lavish. We, 
we actually just, you know, we stayed in our, in our garage, in our carport, you know, we didn't move up to like a mansion or to a bigger house or anything like that. Because, you know, I, I, I say this, you know, uh, we're, we're just getting started at the end of the day, you know, we have yeah. 52 rentals, but I look up to people that have like thousands of rentals. Right. And there's people that do, mm. I mean, there's people that have, you know, four or 5,000 units and, and they're just, you know, they're still going. So that's, that's the way I see it. I, I think we're just getting started. Um, and, you know, very, very happy with the progress that we've done, but, uh, but our, our goal really is to be in the thousands of units. Uh, and, and we want to do it in a different way. We don't want to just have thousands of units Airbnb's. like everybody else. We, yeah, no. we want to, we want to have thousands of units, uh, in the future, right. That are eco-friendly, yeah. that are sustainable, that yeah. produce more energy than they consume that help the, uh, not only the economy, but the environment. That's one of the, the biggest goals that we have. That's the reason why our company is ecologic because we want to really be a change, uh, the change that we want to see in the world. Just like how Tesla revolutionized Mm. the car industry, we want to revolutionize the real estate industry by building the sustainable communities of the future. That's awesome. So is that that something you're doing every time you refurbish uh, rentals or? Exactly. So every time we refurbish a house, we are changing and updating things Mm. like uh, making the house more efficient in general. So it consumes less energy and it is more efficient and better to the environment. And then coming soon, we're going to start doing new construction. We already have the plans. We're working on the design. We already have the land. And this year basically is going to be like the very first project that we do from the ground up and it's going to be sustainable and eco-friendly. And affordable. Wow. Well, it's going to be uh, towards helping the affordable crisis problem that we have. Yeah, that, that's been a passion of ours. And the house in Hawaii actually is is one of the ones that we're starting to do uh, like a sustainable project uh, because it uh, so it's 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 a house, two story house uh, on two acres, uh, and it sits in a very very uh, rural area, right? Uh, on a volcano. So, yeah, on a volcano, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah. uh, there's no electricity connection or water. and there's no water connection. So that was one of the biggest challenges, but we have now a, um, a battery pack and we have a solar panel system. So the house has full electricity, hundred percent sustainable Ram from solar panels. Oh, uh, and then we also have a water reclamation system that basically, you know, retains all the, uh, all the rainwater. We have a filtration system and we have a tankless water heater. So the people, we actually have people that are living there, uh, have a, um, you know, they have access to hot water. And again, it's from nature. And we're also growing fruits and vegetables there. So some of the people are actually eating some of the vegetables that we're growing. So that's, that's basically what we want to do uh, on a bigger scale. So we're, we're just starting to do that. Uh, that's awesome. And that's, that's, that's a big goal. That's the big goal. Yeah. We wanna yeah. Build that's really great that you have. Yeah. You have that environmental aspect underlining everything that you're doing. That's, that makes it even more powerful, I think. So just from a logistic like, uh, perspective, how big is your team? Like, it seems like you two are doing so much, but I'm guessing you're not in Hawaii and in Florida at the same time. <laughs> how many people are there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, so on the property management side, uh, we brought in my mom. So my mom is like one of the, dude, she's one of the key people. Dude, she is a hard worker. If I if I'm a hard worker, I mean she's on a whole nother level. Crazy. So she's one of the key people that uh, that runs our property management. She is on top of it: communication, cleaning, 
uh, everything, everything. She's she's extremely detailed. Wow. So she's one of the key people she's working probably. Dude, she works every single day, uh, like nonstop. She's amazing. She's amazing. So she's one of our key people. And then um, we have two other property managers mm -hmm. as well. Uh, so by, we have a, a couple different businesses. Basically, the management business which runs the Airbnb and rentals area, um, which is then his mom and two other property managers. Yep plus uh, a couple people like maybe over 15 people that are like handyman electrician plumber yeah. roof ac landscape any other little maintenance team that you need and then we also have a real estate team where we help people buy and sell properties and we mm. have one assistant full-time which is actually virtual 100 he lives in argentina and we actually met him through airbnb <laughs> the second house we had as an Airbnb, he came and stayed with us. We kept in contact, had an amazing connection. He went back to Argentina. We ended up working together. It's been almost uh, almost two years, I think, since we've been working together. And, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, we have also a uh, transaction coordinator that's part of a real estate team. And then on our construction side, which is, um, let's say, the, the properties uh, that we're building, there is a couple more people involved. So I would say roughly it's an estimated maybe around 30 around there. Wow. Yeah. And that makes me think that uh, probably buying properties in a similar area is very helpful because then you have all these logistical exactly. people in the same area, actually. That's a great point. That's one of the reasons why we decided to stay centralized and close to where we started buying and close to where we live because we already have the network of people that we know and we trust and we can work with so that's actually one of the i would say the the challenges if somebody wants to start on a different market one of the challenges will be that finding reliable good people that you can trust and and work with being remote which now i mean Pretty much anything can can be done virtually, uh, but it, but you will have to make sure that you find the right property management, yeah. the right property management company to to handle that. Definitely, definitely. Wow, that's so if interesting. You, that, you can have more eyes on on deck, and you can even do it yourself if you want to. And if you do it yourself, it's, it's always going to be more more customized. People are going to like it even more it gets to a point where you do have to hire more people we started doing it just ourselves as two um and we did that for about like maybe five airbnbs or so and then we just had to start hiring more people because then it was a lot more work yeah yeah i imagine wow could talk about this for so long for hours <laughs> I, have, I have a couple rapid fire questions that i got from my community that they wanted answered um, yeah, just to start wrapping up the, this podcast. First is, if regulations were to change in Florida regarding Airbnb, how would you pivot? Sure. So yeah, we had this uh, this issue when we first started. Uh, oh. In like 2016 and 17, there wasn't a lot of rules and regulations for Airbnb. We had all our properties, uh, daily rentals, right? And in 2018, um, when more the people started doing it, they changed the rules and they started, uh, you know, hiring people that were going after Airbnbs that technically weren't allowed. Uh, so, you know, in 2018, we got like 13 notices from the county saying, hey, you need to cease and desist. You have to stop doing what you're doing because it's not, you know, it's not zoned oh, properly. Shit. 
like in a you know in a, in a commercial zoning or in a very specific location which we didn't uh we didn't have because so there wasn't any to... rules before you know when we started there was nothing and then everybody yeah. started doing it so it got more popular the city implemented restrictions and so what we did is we did okay we said okay fine you know what let's look at the code and let's see what is allowed right and so looking at the code um basically what was not allowed was transient rentals right which was uh anything that was 30 days or less right so as long as you have somebody that's staying in your house uh for 31 days or more right then it's allowed so basically what we did is we switched the strategy and we went from going to one day minimum rentals on airbnb to 31 day rentals minimum on airbnb and now that is 100 compliant it's a different type of market right so now we're yeah. not catering to the people who are here for disney and universal but it is a completely different market that still you know, has some demand and it's basically corporate rentals right corporate rentals so people who are coming here for working right here uh, people who have uh you know like a construction job that are here for two or three months or nurses who usually have eight to nine week contracts now those are the people that we usually cater to so i guess it was just be pivot pivot to whatever the the new regulation is and and you know work accordingly for from that or just go to the areas where it's already passed Allowed. and approved so here yeah. in florida a couple different cities that now we're looking to invest in and expand even more the cities have already passed ordinances that with a permit and by paying taxes you can legally do daily airbnb and usually once an ordinance passes it's kind of hard for them to revert back especially after they see how much money they're making right because it is a money maker the property values go a lot higher because people are you know investors are going in there and obviously they they make a lot of uh you know taxes from the from the airbnb right. so i would just say start investing do your research and wherever part of the world you're in research the cities that are already passing laws that allow airbnb to be permanently so you can scale if you want to do this real like scale do it the right way highly recommend it because otherwise you're going to invest so much money with the possibility of just getting shut down really quick by the mm. government so it is pretty important that before you make the decision and before you invest all this money you got to make sure that you're going to be okay and this is going to be a long-term relation uh, long-term investment definitely 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 and then last question is, um, you said that you're basically buying, putting down payments of three to 5%. So I'm wondering how much of the total portfolio is on, on built on debt at the moment and how much do you own? Do you ever go beyond three to 5%? So we, we always try to put in as little money down as possible. So our cash on cash return is higher. Um, we owe on all our properties, basically. Uh, and one of the strategies that, uh, that we have found that works is basically um, keep refinancing uh, forever, right? Because one, one of the biggest things here in, in the United States is, well, you got to pay taxes, right? So when you sell a property for profit uh, and you own it for less than a year, you have to pay probably like 20 to 25%, which is a lot of money back to the government. Uh, but if you get loans, a loan is not income. So every time that we refinance a property and we get cash out of it, um, we don't get taxed on that. And that's, that's a huge benefit for us because it's more money that we can, you know, reinvest 
And, uh, and the more equity that we build on a property, the more we pull out, right? Because when we have so much equity built on a property, the money dies. The money, you know, is, is just there and it's stuck. But if you pull it out, that, that money now can have babies. So that's, that's basically like the, the way that I see money. And, and the way that really wealthy people build wealth is using other people's money, building, taking all the equity from the houses to buy more and more and more and more. The old ways of like buying a house and paying it off, it's just way too slow. And most of the people that I know that I've heard on the podcast, they mainly just keep refinancing uh, until they die and use the houses as, as banks to keep investing and keep growing. Now we're not pulling out equity and buying a Lamborghini, right? That wouldn't be smart. We're, we're pulling out to buy more assets that will, you know, pay for themselves and, and keep growing, you know, portfolio. So we owe it all, <laughs> but we've all, we still have a bunch of equity in, in all our houses at the end of the day. So yeah. And the equity keeps increasing every year. And we know? keep updating the properties. We keep putting back, making them better. So it keeps. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, last question would be, what would you want to say to someone who is about to get started? Like maybe they want to buy their first property and yeah. What's, what would you want to say to them? Yeah, I would say don't be scared. Don't be scared mm. and, uh, and just jump. Just jump. I know a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to get investing. You know, I want to get started. But they get stuck on the when am I going to do it, right? Yeah. And uh, I would just say don't, don't, get, don't get stuck on that. You know, if you make a mistake, it's, it's better to make a mistake than not to do anything at all. From that mistake, you will learn. You know, whether you lose money or not in the deal, you know, whatever money you lose, Look at an investment because there is a lesson to be learned there. In real estate, especially here in the United States, you know, for the most part, you can't really lose unless you you sell. Because at the end of the day, if you look at a chart, this is what real estate does. You know, so as long as you yeah. just buy and hold, and you, you know, you 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 have the right strategy, and and you're saving, and you're buying right, um, you're not gonna lose. So I would just say, make the decision, do it. And then when you do have the money, don't blow it. Don't ball out. Don't buy that expensive Gucci and, you know, the Rolex and all that stuff. Save that for later. Save that for whenever you either have millions or whenever your assets can't pay for your liabilities. Most people usually start buying liabilities with their income, right? You got to buy, you gotta buy your, uh, your liabilities whenever your assets can pay for the liabilities. That's a great measure. Yeah. yeah. Would you add anything, Kelly? Um, I will say that you got to make sure you keep your boundaries as well. I think I mentioned that earlier and uh, that's one of the things that um, sometimes uh, I think has happened to us as well. Like sometimes you just get too leveraged and then uh, start losing that momentum. So you got to make sure you keep your quality. You keep the importance, which is relationships. At the end of the day, any business is going to succeed if you create good relationships and you value the client, right? So don't just focus on the money. If you are focusing on the money, you're probably not going to succeed. Have to focus on building the relationships and the value, the, the, uh, giving quality, giving the right quality to the people to be able to scale. The more people you're going to make happy, the more they're going to come back to you and refer you others and then you will grow. Make it a win-win situation. 
perfectly summarized. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end it as well. Yeah, always try to, especially in business, focus on win-win so that people keep coming back and refer their friends. And yeah, I love it. And community at the end of the day. We're here in this world to be together as a community and impact the world in a positive way. It's just, it's not, we're not need to, to get the reach. It's basically to collaborate and, and build communities and transform, right? Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Andres and Kelly, the Airbnb queens and kings. <laughs> Where can people <laughs> find out more if they want to yeah, get to know you or get some coaching, just find out and see what you're doing? Where can people reach out? Sure. So uh, on Instagram, uh, my Instagram is Kelly underscore Airbnb expert and Andres underscore Airbnb expert. You can reach us uh, through there, follow us, like us, and check on the uh, constant updates that we're every single day. We're showing uh, what's going on, uh, sharing tips, and growing together. Every All the links will be in the description of this podcast. So all they need to do is just click that appreciate thank you thank you so much for the opportunity of being here thank you man this is amazing <laughs> so happy to reconnect with you again and uh yeah what, what, a, what a blessing to uh to have met each other uh, yes would, uh, to reconnect again and congrats awesome. on the podcast this is a great idea and uh i'm sure it's impacting a lot of people in a positive way so keep doing what you're doing doing well doing great yes. and uh Congratulations on that. Keep crushing it, man. I love the name. Authentic Entrepreneur. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to The Authentic Entrepreneur hosted by myself, Oscar War. Before you leave, please go make sure to follow us on Instagram. And again, thank you so much to the amazing guest this episode. Thank you.